with demand expected to come back, but the question remains, does this mean the economy is back on track? Companies now, after experimenting with offshore in places like India, Philippines, and Poland, want to bring those jobs back. We invest in the U.S. We're the biggest exporter in the country. In the cycle one right now, we're creating jobs. From Radio America, it's Neil Asbury's Made in America, the show that explores American industry large and small and promotes American-made products everywhere. Put Neil Asbury's Made in America to work for you. A very big welcome to you today. I'm your host, Neil Asbury, together with co-host Dr. Rich Rothman. So, Rich, a lot to talk about today. We're going to talk about climate. We're going to talk about taxes. But uh, just a quick uh, a word on, on COVID relief. Looks like a, a very, very big program is going to get through Congress. Well, it looks like a lot of money is going to get through Congress. And I don't know how much of that's going to actually go to COVID. I would think really small amounts compared to what everyone thinks. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see, you know, how the money's dispersed. And obviously, it's a, a wish list of progressive uh, uh, um, uh, ideas and bailouts. bailouts, bailouts. And, you know, let's give the money to the states, the states that completely mismanage their economies. Let's give uh, money to the to the schools, even though the teachers, you know, aren't going to go working. back to class. They're not there. And they're not even saying when. You know, it's it's uh, all, all these sorts of things. Uh, as small businesses, very rarely do you hear small businesses uh, talked about it's it's really states and unions and um, you know just continue to keep locked down uh, kids staying out of school I mean I th- that really bothers me uh, kids not going to school well it, it, really bo- bothers, it bothers it wasn't, the wasn't it all about wasn't it all about follow the science follow the science well, and the sure science that was is, a complaint about Trump yeah, he's the not kids following should be the back science. in school right now it's follow the train the teachers unions Right. Follow well, the teachers union. Yeah. Well, as I said last Don't week, follow the science, they, follow the teachers they threaten unions. to go on strike, but no one would know they're on strike because they're not anywhere they should be, be working to go on strike. Better yet, if they did go on strike, would they have to go to the school to strike? That would violate their number one rule. We can't go to the school because we're afraid of the covid. So they can't go on strike because they were afraid of the covid. So the whole thing is moot. Yeah. Yeah. Did you follow that. Yeah. Well, it, it's called. Hypocrisy, right? And Democratic hypocrisy, right? I'm sorry. I and had yeah, to get and that there's in. another one here that we just can't uh, pass up. And we're going to actually uh, talk to James Taylor, the president of the Heartland Institute, right now about the hypocrisy of the of the left on climate change. James, welcome to Made in America. Hey, thank you for having me on, Neil. Well, the, one, one of your ladies, this was February 3rd, so this is a very, very uh, uh, up-to-date. Uh, you wrote, John Kerry's Antarctica junket highlights climate hypocrisy. So he's flying around in, you know, th- these planes, him and a, and a couple of folks, um, spewing out all this carbon. And, 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 Rich, you know, when, when planes fly, you know, it's, it, the carbon is released high in the, in the atmosphere, and it's, it's the worst type of carbon it has the worst type of right. Uh, impact right right it's not like it's, it's where it needs to go to be really bad it's not like driving around in our car right, right. And, and, exactly and, and but this is this is like really bad and then he goes <laughs> uh, james he goes to a a a a, a climate uh, uh meeting to get a reward 
in Iceland. I believe that was in 2019. And someone calls him out. Hey, look, you flew here on a private private plane. You know, you're, this is about climate. It, it aren't isn't this? It, 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 aren't you a hypocrite for for telling everybody what they must do? And you fly around in your private jet. And he says, "Well, do what I don't do what I do. Do what I say. You know, someone like me has to do this because I'm out there as the warrior. I got to fly private jets because I'm working on behalf of the climate. So I'm not included." In in and in, um, in this, I could fly my private jets. Everybody else go pound salt. Hey, James, yeah, well, I mean, this mind. this really stinks. Yeah, and two things really stand out. Number one, this wasn't some type of an event where he's meeting with world leaders or delivering some information or whatever. He's accepting an award. It's an ego trip. This isn't fighting the battle for climate change if you believe in the climate crisis. This is him going up on stage to, give, to, to receive an award and have everyone tell him how great he is. Second, the reporter asked him about flying on a private jet. And he said, well, I can't just sail out here. It would take many days. Well, he could have you know, maybe flown commercial first class. I mean, the rest of us fly commercial coach, commercial first class, and maybe dilute your emissions by the other 200 people on the flight. No, he had to fly private jet because he's John Kerry, darn it. But don't, Rich, I mean, don't he see, doesn't he just see the, the, the picture of all of that? I mean, if he is really like... It, the the, the uh, optics uh, of yes, this is yeah, just like right. can he not see that coming? It doesn't matter. I mean, could, the, the, what you just said really defines something for us. It doesn't matter. They don't care. I mean, you know, you know, Gore does his thing, comes out with inconvenient truths. The you know the oceans are coming up, and then he buys property on the on the water. I mean, Obama does the exact same. It doesn't matter because they have their set of values. And then we, the plebeians, the rest of the guys that are out there, have our sets of values. Unfortunately, ours are really on the bottom rung and they're, they're up there. It, it, it doesn't matter. What matters is their agenda. And, and you know what? They know better. Don't you understand that? <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. Hey, James, the other. The other big thing is is uh, John Kerry is claiming all these wind and solar jobs. And, hey, look, we just got to uh, get rid of fossil fuel. Got to kill the coal industry. And everybody's going to have a, a job in wind and solar. First of all, that just isn't correct, right? I mean, there's not going to be anywhere near the jobs uh, created in wind and solar that's going to be created from fossil fuels. And they pay a lot less as well. I mean, yeah. another lie, uh, just a blatant lie. Right. They pay much less. And go go look for yourself. Go on to monster.com or indeed.com and look up solar installation jobs or whatever, anything in the solar industry, the wind industry. You are not going to see the hundreds of thousands of jobs that Joe Biden just eliminated this week by banning oil and natural gas production on federal lands. You're not even going to see the thousands of jobs that uh, Joe Biden killed uh, by eliminating, by blocking, putting an end to the Keystone Pipeline. Go see for yourself. So when you have these people, these one percenters with their private jets that talk down to the rest of us and say, well, you can just go work in the solar power industry. <laughs> you can't. You can't. And if they had any clue of what's going on in the real world, they would realize that. In the meantime, common people, people throughout this country who want to put food on the table, who want to feed their families, are unable to do so while they pontificate about climate change that they don't even believe in, because otherwise they wouldn't be buying their beachfront mansions. Well, it, 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 you're 100% correct on that. And uh, the thing that really annoys me 
is the misconceptions and myths and outright lies, or actually bending the truths. There's, there's, a, there's a, a piece that you talked about in your, in your uh, Antarctica junket, Highlight Hypocrisy, which was really well done, by the way. Uh, when, when people talk about huge increases in startups, that's a real misleading concept. Because in a startup, you do have huge increases. Because what are you starting from? Nothing. So when you start from zero, right. and let's say you hit $50,000 or 50,000 50, jobs, and then, you, you know, at the beginning, it's a huge increase. Why? Because you started from nothing. Are you going to sustain that? Probably not. You know, at some point it levels out, and then you grow in a more respectable growth pattern. But what bothers me in all of this is the, is the A, the hypocrisy, but also the lies and misleading things. You know, James, they, they say, well, it's only, you know, it's only like 11,000 jobs, but that's a misnomer. It's not just 11,000 jobs. James, let's talk a second about the trickle-down economy of what it really means to the communities, the states, the people, the vendors, the service providers. All of that really goes into this trickle-down, and they're all going to get hurt. So the, the 11,000 becomes what? It really becomes huge. Well, you nailed it. And on top of that, when you block the efficient, cost-effective transport of oil uh, from Canada to Louisiana, it's still going to come. It's just not going to come in an underground uh, convenient pipeline. It's going to be sent by a truck and train, which costs three times as much as sending it by pi via pipeline. That means Americans' energy costs are going to go up for the same good and service, for the same energy they use, which leaves less money for Americans to spend on other goods and services throughout the economy that bring us value to our lives and also create many additional thousands upon thousands of jobs throughout the economy. That will no longer occur because that money instead is going to pay for the same oil and natural gas at a higher price because we don't have the pipeline. So, James, how much of the agenda, the agenda on, you know, so... Biden has been very busy. I must, I must admit, you know, in the, in the first few weeks of the administration, I mean, he's been pumping out those executive orders. Uh, and, uh, like it's just, God it's just, it was busy in Tokyo. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And, but, you know, how much of this can get, uh, uh, slowed down or even eliminated in the courts? I mean, is like, like the Keystone pipeline. I mean, is, is that likely to go into court? Um, you know, what he's just did with the, the leases on federal land. I mean, is, is that going to be in the courts? I mean, the Democrats were very successful in slowing down and, in, in, in fact, eliminating Trump's agenda uh, with the courts. How much of this uh, is at risk uh, for the Democrats? Yeah, well, well, people can hope that uh, that the courts will slow this down, but the courts have a proven track record that they will allow, for example, the Obama executive actions, executive orders to go on without any question. And then they'll apply a different standard to Donald Trump. And I'm sure they will switch back the standard they applied to Barack Obama. It doesn't mean that people won't try. Uh, but I, I, I think what we, what we really need is just an education of the American people and the American people standing up, speaking up and saying, we're not going to take this. This isn't what we voted for. Exactly. Hey, um, uh, James, we're going to take a very, very quick break. You don't want to miss this, folks. More with James Taylor, president of the Heartland Institute, coming right up. Made in America. Welcome to Made in America. I'm your host, Neil Asbury, together with co-host Dr. Rich Rothman, and we are together with James Taylor, the president of the Heartland 
Institute. So, James, what are you thinking? What's what's going to come next? I mean, what the the Paris uh, uh, Climate Accord? I mean, is that that is that's a foregone conclusion? We're going back in. Well, I, I think so. Um, but of course, it, it really is set up to be a treaty, and the treaty needs to be passed and approved by the U.S. Senate. So, uh, the Obama administration tried using language gymnastics to say, well, it's a treaty, but it's not a treaty. We're bound and obligated by it, but it doesn't have to pass the Senate. We'll see what happens in the courts. But Joe Biden wants us to comply with this, including all the money that the Paris Climate Agreement mandates that we send to nations around the world who continue to increase their carbon dioxide emissions. You know what I love about all of this? You know, they, they define developing nations in the Paris Climate Accord. And they include in that, well, countries like mm, India and what's that other one? China. And China is the predominant producer of, what are those things? Solar panels. So all of this gives millions and billions of dollars back to China. China you know, does great with this whole scenario. China actually gets redistributed funds from the United States into their coffers because they're a developing country. And that's all part of this great deal. Is, is that perverse or what, James? Absolutely. And we often hear about how China, you know, the environmental left praises China for all the wind and solar equipment that they're manufacturing. And they are. But they're not stupid enough to use it themselves. They manufacture it and they send it to the Western democracies that have laws requiring people to purchase and use this equipment producing expensive energy. In the meantime, China's economy, and, and by the way, I don't fault them for it because this is how things really should be running, is running on inexpensive conventional energy. And they get the competitive advantage as we incrementally increase, by law, by mandate, the share of our economy that's powered by expensive, inefficient wind and solar power. Yeah, and, and, and incredible. And what to, to kind of switch gears for a moment, what comes next, though? I mean, where where is this whole energy agenda going with Biden? I mean, we're only in this for for less than a month. I mean, I mean, what 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 is the next thing that we're going to wake up to? Right. Well, as he said, his goal, his long term, it's even not that far in the future. It's more a midterm goal is to have no carbon dioxide emissions from energy usage in the United States. So when he says I'm not banning fracking, well, he may not ban fracking as a specificity, but when you are banning energy uh, that emits carbon dioxide emissions, you're banning anything that fracking produces. So you're, in effect, banning fracking. Unless the American people st stand up, step up in the 2022 uh, midterms, the 2024 elections, or unless the Biden administration changes course in its policy proclamations, uh, we are heading for a train wreck. And that's going to be very difficult uh, throughout the American economy. Well, that would be really bad for Burlington Northern because that train's going to be carrying all the energy from Canada because Berkshire Hathaway was making a bloody fortune along with the Obama administration doing this. You know what I find interesting, James? You know, uh, when, when Obama was involved in this, and ironically, the Obama EPA is the one who certified the Keystone Pipeline. The, remember, they went to court. They had to do the study. Then they did another study. Then they went to court and they did another study. And they finally found out that really it doesn't impact, you know, fossil fuels going through the pipeline does not really affect the climate, as opposed to... Or the environment. Yeah, the environment, right. The it's sensitive uh, wetland. Right, it has great right. technology. It's double, triple sealed, it's, you know, all this stuff, yada, 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 all right? So... So I, you know, in those days, I was I was in, enthralled with John Hoffmeister from uh, Shell, and uh, and I read all, everything he did and and look at all his YouTubes and stuff like that, which he'd probably be taken off YouTube right now. 
But he wrote a book, Why We Hate the Oil Companies, a straight talk from an energy insider. And he was making it very clear. Listen, Shell was very interested. BP, very interested. All those big guys, Mobile Exxon, all very interested in alternative fuels. But they only provided at the time 5 to 8%. So we're not ready for it. So, you know, James, what's going to happen if the Biden crazies and the, all the others on the left and the Bernies and the AOCs and the, the you know, the far to the left progressives get their way and we start dropping out like flies, oils at $60 a, 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 a barrel right now. Where do we go with that? We don't have the energy to keep this country going. Right. And, and, and that's exactly the point. And I guess um, today's politicians, Joe Biden and others, will be blissfully out of office at the time and will turn it over to others to clean up the mess. But you simply can't get there. If we tried to get even close, uh, we would unfurl just economic devastation on this country. Well, you know what's really sad? We can't even tar and feather him because we'd have to use fossil fuels to do it. And we won't have it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true. But. Yeah, so we, uh, James, uh, you've been a great guest. I just want to uh, kind of sum this up by saying uh, I remember the 2014 midterms very well, and uh, that was after Obama was two years in office. Uh, no, well, I'm sorry, it was the 2010 midterms after he was two years in office. Right, right? exactly. In 2008, so it was 2010. Big loss for him. And, and one of the things was his, his energy and climate policies. I mean, it was like an historic election. Uh, the Democrats lost big because of their energy policies. And um, I think they're setting themselves up for the same thing. But, James, um, great guest. We really appreciate you here. I know you got a really busy schedule, and uh, we hope to see you back here real soon. James Taylor, president of the Heartland Institute. Thanks, James, for coming on the show. Thank you, Neil and Rich. Coming up, we have Chris Edwards from the uh, uh, Cato Institute, and we got to talk about taxes, taxes and more taxes coming at us. You don't want to miss it. in America. higher at the open, stocks continued to perform well over the course of the day Tuesday. And I think that bodes well here over the next couple of years for having bigger demands coming to this country. Now, more of Neil Asbury's Made in America. Welcome to Made in America. I'm your host, Neil Asbury, together with co-host Dr. Rich Rothman. So, Rich, you know, one thing that I can never understand, and it's just like people who want to be taxed more, you know, it's just... Go figure. It's, it's just... I just it's so counterintuitive to me that people would love to be taxed, right? And it doesn't really matter where you are in the economic strata because America is an incredible country. Everybody has an opportunity to rise, right? We all have an opportunity to rise. So the more taxes we pay, the less opportunity we have to rise. And that's for all of us. It's not the wealthy. It's not the economic, uh, economically challenged and people who want to go to the next step in this process of the American dream, everybody gets hammered. Everybody gets hammered because it just costs us more for everything. Where's this money coming from? You know, it's, it's going to be ultimately passed on to the people who consume. 
and that is all of us. And what do we want? Do we just want a big bloated government? Is that what we want? We love a big bloated government. We see all these people in these huge offices and just people upon people. And you see these politicians flying around the country and spending all this money on these programs and sending all this money overseas into uh, 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 illegal aliens and giving everybody health care. It doesn't matter who you are. Just come on in. We got all this money because we're taking it from everybody else to give it to you. I just never understood that. And who could be standing up for that? But there are people standing up for that. And by the way, there's a lot of people standing up for that. People have been highly educated who should know better. But yet, that seems to be the folks that we just elected. And they're now taking their offices in the American government in very elite positions, and they're forcing their tax policy on us. And it's ugly. So, Rich, having said that, I'm going to introduce our next guest, Chris Edwards from the Cato Institute. Chris, welcome to Made in America. Hey, uh, th- thanks a lot. I completely agree with your uh, opening comments there. So how how can they do that? You know, Chris, explain it. I mean, I guess it, I guess you can't explain because there's so much hypocrisy in this whole this whole thing here. You know, everybody telling everybody else how to live while they're out there spending their millions. I don't know. I don't get it, Chris. What do you, you say? know? You said you said they should know better, and and, and this is true. For Elizabeth Warren has proposed. Uh, reintroduced her wealth tax again. It, it's the most idiotic idea. She's a smart lady. She should know uh, better. Her wealth tax would 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 take 3% of the wealth uh, of uh, America's uh, richest people. 3% doesn't seem like a big number, but let's say if you're Jeff Bezos and you earn 6% a year on your assets, three per- taking 3% means it's like an income tax rate of 50%. And that would be on top. If you live in, say, California, you already pay 50 percent income taxes, federal and state. So with Warren's tax on top, the government would take 100 percent of your earnings. It makes absolutely no sense. And here's here's what people don't the left doesn't seem to get is that the wealth at the top, they can people complain that. A lot of America's uh, wealthy folks are, you know, really wealthy. All that money is actually productive investment. The Jeff Bezos, if he's worth say a hundred billion dollars, uh, that money is basically his investment in Amazon, which generates jobs for eight hundred thousand people and generates a big chunk of our GDP. So the left seems to think that the, the, the rich folks have a bunch of gold bars that they're hiding under their mattress or something like that. No, the wealth of the wealthiest Americans, whether it's Bezos or Elon Musk, is their ownership of productive businesses that are creating jobs and wealth for all of us. And that's what they can't seem to, to get through their thick heads. Well, the problem is <clears throat> the majority of Americans really don't – a couple of things. Don't understand exactly what you're talking about. They really don't understand the tax code, except they're fed the myth that it's very unfair and that the rich people are just making way too much and you're not making enough. And it's because, you know, they don't get taxed enough. So one, a couple of things come in play. One, they don't understand the tax code. For example, when they were complaining about Trump saying he paid no taxes, but he paid $24 million in the alternative tax rate, which he did. But they didn't talk about that because it's not regular tax. It's a different tax. But trust me, he he paid money to the IRS. So they don't understand that. Number two, they play up on class warfare. So it's not fair. 
it's unright. You know, it's not right. We have to take from these people because you're damaged goods. And they are damaged goods because they don't understand it. And they're fed this over and over and over again. So the inability for the, the populace to understand the truth of what they're dealing with helps lead them to say, yeah, I want to get Biden in, if in fact that really happened. I want to get Biden in. And um, and I think it's better that we go ahead and tax the rich people because, after all, it's only fair. Yeah, one of the problems is that the, uh, the a lot of the media they'll they'll drive home a, a, a nail the rich people uh, narrative with anecdotes. So you know they like to focus on Trump. You know his tax uh, situation is complicated. It is true that people in the real estate industry can defer taxes, you know, substantially sure. for a while. So he's got his own particular uh, circumstances. But if you we have detailed overall data, the IRS publishes detailed overall data. The vast, vast majority of people at the top pay very high uh, tax rates, much higher. I mean, if you just look at income taxes, people in the, very, the top 1% pay about a 25% of all their uh, income to taxes. People in the middle pay around 12%. And the bottom 40% or so of Americans pay no federal income tax at all. So if, it, if there's any unfairness, it's that the, the people at the top are getting hammered. And that damages all of us because the people at the top are the entrepreneurs who are taking the risks, who are building the businesses. Again, go to Jeff Bezos. 25 years ago, Jeff Bezos was just a single guy who started this business in his garage in Seattle. That business now, because he's been able to reinvest his profits uh, over and over, year after year, it, it is a, a fabulous company that benefits all of us and employs 800,000 Americans. So we, you know, if, if Biden and his policies get in the way of the next round of American entrepreneurs, it's going to create uh, years and decades of damage to our economy and to regular folks. So, Chris, a very good point, and, you know, it's a great segue in, uh, to our next segment. We're going to have to take a quick break, folks, but when we come back, we, we want to talk about how the Trump tax cuts are going to be treated uh, by Biden, and if they were to go backwards, um, what, what happens with that? And now we're not talking about the top 1%. We're talking about, we're talking about Main Street America. We're talking about the small business owner that's everywhere, everywhere in our country, the backbone of our uh, economy. And what's going to happen to them uh, should Biden get his way with taxation? You don't want to miss it. We're here together with Chris Edwards uh, from the Cato Institute and Dr. Rich Rothman. We'll be right back. Made in America. Welcome to Made in America. I'm your host, Neil Asbury, together with co-host, Dr. Rich Rothman. So, Chris, uh, let's talk about um, the Trump tax cuts and, you know, what's likely to happen there. And, you know, what is the you know, how how do they get it through Congress? You know, Congress uh, obviously uh, being controlled by the Democrats, but a very, very, very narrow <laughs> majority is uh, Kamala Harris. Just uh, he she broke, did it this she week. Just, she just broke the first 50 yeah. 50 tie. I, I suspect we're going to see a number of those. You know, uh, where's Joe Manchin? You know, where's Joe Manchin when we need Joe Manchin? I mean, I don't know. 
you know, Joe let me down this last week, and, um, you know, I hope he's going to show up like he says he was. You know, hey, look, we're going to be bipartisan here, and that's the one thing I can promise you until he had his arms twisted by the Democrats, and he seems to have fallen right into line. But, but that's Not Joe, Joe Manchin. Not good, Joe. But, but Neil, that's Joe Manchin. Hey, look, you know, Grover uh, Norquist told us uh, just a couple of weeks ago that don't count on Joe. That's right. Joe Joe talks the it's, game. Well, look at his record. But he, but he caves every time to the Democrat caucus. Um, anyway, that would be a... Yeah. <laughs> so, Chris, let's, I, let me I ask you that. Let's stop there for a second. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think about old Joe, man? Can we count on Joe to slow this uh, this train that's going to slaughter us all? You know, uh, he's, he's an interesting guy. As governor of West Virginia, he was actually very good. He, he was a very good governor in terms of pro-market, limited government economic policies. Uh, federally, you're right. He talks a good game, but we're going to have to see how this plays out. He is a very important character. With the with the Trump tax cuts, here's what happened. I mean, during the campaign, the Biden the Biden campaign played a very cynical game. On the one hand, they're saying we're only going to tax people over four hundred thousand dollars. We're only going to hike taxes on people at the top. But at the same time, they were saying we're going to repeal all the Trump tax cuts. Uh, the, most of the Trump tax cuts went to the middle and the bottom. Indeed, the Trump tax cuts, the, the media t- uh, has been pushing a false narrative on this the whole time. The Trump tax cuts were actually equal, uh, roughly equal percentage cuts across the board. And yes, it's true that because people at the top pay a huge uh, chunk of all their taxes, they will get substantial tax cuts. But in terms percentage terms, the Trump tax cuts are equal across the board. So if Biden is going to repeal all the Trump tax cuts. There's going to be a big hit for middle class uh, Americans with higher taxes. So we don't know how that's going to play out. But, you know, the Trump, the uh, the Biden tax uh, hikes on businesses, uh, small businesses, big businesses, high earners, that's going to hit all of us, too. I mean, people don't think that corporate taxes affect them, but you know what? But they really do. If you hike taxes on Apple Corporation and Microsoft and 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 uh, Tesla and all these other great American corporations, they're going to move their factories and their semiconductor plants and their facilities abroad. They don't. No one has to locate in America today. They're all, big business are only going to locate here if they can get a good deal and we provide an inviting environment. If they move offshore, it's going to ultimately hurt American workers. We're going to lose job opportunities. And that's just a reality that the left doesn't seem to get. Well, that's exactly correct. And and when we have a much higher tax rate than, for example, China, well, let me tell you, China, let me tell you, China, the, the, the effective tax rate, the, the tax rate in China is 25 percent. But if you are a technology company and just, a, you know, anybody can apply to be a technology company, that doesn't mean you're a high tech company. It's 15 percent. That's right. The tax rate in China is 15 percent. So how do we compete many, with many, many companies? How do we so compete, how do you compete with, that? with that? So you got all these uh, folks here in America saying, look, you know, we're going to, you know, we think it should be 40 percent. We think it should be 50 percent, you know, and, and, and beyond that even. But there are a lot of people in the Democrat party who is is on this thing for 40 to 50 percent and you got china down somewhere between 15 for many companies up to 25 percent and then they look around and, and say why are all right. our companies it, going overseas 
That's right. Even with so Trump dropped the federal corporate rate to 21 percent, but California loads another nine percent on top of that. So up toward 30 percent for corporations located in California are great high high tech companies. But you know what? The global average corporate tax rate today is only 24 percent. So even with the Trump tax cut, we're actually above the global average. All our trading partners, a lot of our trading partners like Britain and Canada, Mexico have lower corporate tax rates than we do even now. So I, I think, you know, the Democrats, they, they may make this giant blunder and hike corporate taxes. I think in the future, they, 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 the mistake would be so evident and obvious that it would be repealed. So, uh, you know, we shouldn't waste our time on that. It would, it's a stupid policy to raise our corporate tax rate. You know, it's really sad that if we were to alienate our incredibly high-end uh, uh, inventors, that inventor elite, you know, the, the wealthy class, like Elon Musk, Take a look at a guy like Elon Musk, who's one of my heroes. I happen to love watching Elon Musk. I think the guy is so charismatic. He's taking us in so many different directions with incredible technology, including back into space with incredible product. That's coming from the private sector. The private sector group that's producing that are these incredibly wealthy, smart individuals. It's not the average Joe and Jane. They're going to work for these organizations. And think about, think about the awesome pharmaceutical companies who are, you know, while the government has bungled COVID-19 response in a lot of ways, you know, our brilliant pharmaceutical companies here and in Britain and other places have really come through with, with vaccines and therapeutics and, and other things. So, you know, you raise corporate taxes, you're hiking taxes on pharmaceutical corporations so they have less money to invest in research for the next generation of, you know, all kinds of drugs for cancer and all kinds of other things. Correct. Raising business taxes doesn't make any sense. Chris, I agree. Um, well said. And Rich, thanks for your comments. Uh, a, a great, great time to catch up with you, Chris. Thanks for being on the show. Chris Edwards from the Cato Institute. Thank you. Coming up, Dr. Rothman and I are going to have some final thoughts for the day. Rich, I just can't believe we're to that point. But, folks, we still got a lot to talk about. Stay with us. Made in America. Welcome to Made in America. I'm your host, Neil Asbury, together with co-host, Dr. Rich Ruffin. So, Rich, uh, you know, obviously, three big things today, uh, climate, climate change, what's happening there, the energy segment, you know, what's happening there, all those really great jobs, and uh, then finally taxes and uh, what's going to happen there. And, uh, you know, I, it's, I, the tax policy, I guess it's a little bit too early, right, because um, you can't do executive uh, orders on taxes, but they can do reconciliation like they just did well, with the just COVID. Well, they're just doing yeah. Like they just did with COVID, right? And, um, hey, look. You know, the American president, and if he has Congress, and it doesn't matter if it's a 50-50 tie in the Senate, as we've seen, all it takes is that one seat, that one seat. Just think for a second, Rich, of how different it would have been if uh, we would have won one seat in Georgia, or um, how close we came in Michigan. I mean, we had an incredible candidate. The the Republicans had a really incredible candidate in in Michigan that just that just missed uh, by a hair. But you know, that's how fragile 
that's how fragile democracy is. You know, just one election has now given the Democrats the ability to pass uh, this agenda. I'm scared. And, and I don't like what Joe Manchin has done this last week. You know, hey, look, I always loved listening to the guy. My family's from West Virginia. He's a proud West Virginian. He, he wants to do what's right for the country. But he collapsed. He collapsed. He folded. He's not the guy that he says he is in the press. What happens to the filibuster? What happens with D.C. statehood? What about court packing? What happens with court? Well, you want to see you want to really end the, the Republican democracy that we have right now? Pack the court and it becomes a political arm of the, of the government. And the way that they do that, they have to do one thing before they do that. They have to end the filibuster. Right? That's right. So if they end the filibuster, That's coming. the next step is packing the court. Joe did not show up this week. I'm very, very nervous. I'm very scared that that vote that is so critically important um, doesn't seem to be there. I don't know what's happening. I don't know what's happening in the back room. But, Joe, if you're listening, if you have uh, friends of Joe out there are listening, you know, let this guy know how important he is. He knows. He knows how important he is. But, boy, stand up. Stand up for what you believe in. Don't be railroaded. You are railroaded. Please don't be railroaded. Be the person who you say you are. Stand up for us. Stand up for what's right. Well, yes. And, and I don't have I have to tell you, I mean, I, I've been watching Joe Manchin for many years now. And you're right. Uh, he was a good governor. But he's not the same person today. None of the Democrats are the same person today. I don't even think we understand the pressures, the threats, the discussions that are happening in the back room, as you just described. I, they have to be very vicious. Because we're in a very vicious cycle. You know, Newt Gingrich said this is probably, other than the American Revolution, the most dangerous time in American history. Because the truth of the matter is, as you're describing, we could lose this. We could lose this. We could lose the republic, Neil, if certain things occur. And you just listed a few of them. Number one, how do we lower our ability to have energy? And we're going to that's going to happen. I mean, barrels of oil, sixty dollars going to go to seventy two gasoline right now in South Florida is anywhere from two forty nine to thirty eight going up to two fifty to sixty by the summer could be, you know, three dollars a gallon. That's going to happen at the same time. We're losing our borders. And, and, and according to the Democrats, they want to bring in hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people and repatriate and do all these wonderful things. At the same time, we have few, less energy. At the same time, we create inflation because products become more expensive because taxes are going to get levied on the corporations. They're going to raise the price of their product to pay for it. Do you understand? So all of this happens at the same time, our materiel that we need to survive as a nation and jobs to create to take care of the people coming which illegally shouldn't even be here all of that leads us to a uh, uh, an environment that is beyond scary and um, america as you just described has to wake up and and you have to understand there are a severe severe consequences of voting for the wrong people believing the myths that you that were put out there which they can't help because the media wouldn't let the truth out so uh, time will tell. We have to have patriots. We have to have people who are willing to go out in the snow in Valley Forge and fight for what was the dream of America, because the dream could turn into a nightmare in just a mere few months or a year or two. Well, Rich, you're going to have the last word today. And um, thanks for being here. Great show. We had great guests. I really enjoyed our discussion. 
But unfortunately, we're out of time. But we're going to be back again next week for another adventure of Made in America, where we never stop fighting for your jobs. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.